Hello and welcome back to another Buffy podcast. I'm Trevor. And I'm Kristen. And we're going to geek out about Buffy. Today is a special day. Woo! Here's the thing. There's moments in your life that make you, that set the course of who you're going to be. Sometimes they're little, subtle moments. Sometimes they're not. I'll show you what I mean. Today is the season two finale, part one of the season two finale. Yeah. Um, episode 21. I messed up the whole thing. It's season two, <laughs> episode 21, becoming part one, part one. the first part <laughs> of the season two finale. Good job. It's, it's like grammar and syntax exist for a yeah. reason. That's right. Commas everywhere. <laughs> Um, this, so, this finale, this whole part one and part two holds such a precious place in my heart. Mm -hmm. It is, I love all of the finales. I think they're all great and they all fit so perfectly within the seasons that they exist. Mm -hmm. But this finale is my favorite. Every, I always, I get to the end of the series and I'm like, maybe Becoming isn't my favorite because I get so far removed from it. But when I get to the Becoming, I'm reminded of just how incredible it is. It's like a movie. No, it is like a movie, especially because it's two parts. So it's like, it's long. I honestly, weirdly, I think my favorite finale is season four. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Because I like the finale of the actual story. And then I like the final episode of that season. So yeah, it's like yeah. a one-two punch that's, that are both really weird and cool. But yeah. that being said, I am 100% in agreement with you about this finale because it's so good. It's so thoughtful, especially with the part one and part two. I love every single one of the flashbacks, bad Irish accent and all. What's a lady of your station doing alone in an alley with a reputation that this one has? It's like, <laughs> it's just so good. Everything about it. And I, I also love Whistler more than I can explain. And I was always devastated that they didn't get that guy back for Angel. So sad. Vampire with a soul. So poignant. Yeah. Because I thought he should have been on Angel again. <laughs> also, the elephant room, I want to point out, Kristen saying this about the finale is saying something considering how much it's about Angel. <laughs> okay. But... <laughs> It proves all of my points about Angel. Very true. Yeah. So it's like, see, here yeah. is evidence in canon that I am correct and Angel is a sleazeball. From I was right. From minute one of his existence. And for the new people who've been listening and didn't know what we were talking about, a lot of what yeah. we've hinted to happens in this episode and then obviously in the next one. Uh, more pointedly, the Angel stalking Buffy, which we'll get into yeah. a little bit. Ugh. Uh, a little bit later, but um, also, yeah. Some people might recall that a handful of episodes ago, I told you that I was going to tell you a fan theory off air, and I did. And this is the first place that I can bring up what that fan theory was, which we will get to when we get to um, Romania. Oh, good. Yes, I love that. Oh, yeah. right, right. I remember. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, exciting. Spoilers. Um. So yeah, b- basically this 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 whole finale is so perfect music wise like christoph beck won mm-hmm. an emmy he the the show won an emmy for the score in this finale alone. really yeah um nice and so the score the cinematography the storytelling the way everything's connected the acting 
all of it is just like top tier. It is so good. Yeah, like everybody's um, acting. Like not yeah. just not just like Sarah Michelle Geller's acting or David Boreanaz's acting cuz if we're being honest, we could call David Boreanaz's acting bad in this one. Though like <laughs> I I cannot with the Irish accent. It's so terrible. <laughs> so terrible. It's so good. <laughs> and it like it's terrible to the point that like every other flashback with him, he does not have it. Yeah. Anymore. After this episode, he does not. It's, he's got just the David Boreanaz accent after that. <laughs> they were all, that was a mistake. That was a, that was bad. That was a bad move. We have a couple of bad accents in this episode, which we'll get into. Um, yeah. I love that they start it in 1753. Because yep. I remember watching it on TV. Because they've gone to the past, I believe, before. Didn't they? They've been in the past in a flashback, I think. Um, Actually, I don't think yet. Was this the first time? Oh, I this might have been the first. Oh, right, because I was thinking think so. about Amends, but that's in season that's three. That's in season so three. This, yeah, I think this was the first time that we went back. Yeah. And so I remember it opened up, and I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> we, in, the, in the 90s? Like, what is this? <laughs> Not to say that they didn't have, you know, period pieces of in course, the 90s. Yeah. But, the, like, this was just, this was a teeny bobber show in the 90s. Like, nobody expected them to go back to... That is one of the um, things that I love the most about this show is how often it's willing to go for the weird thing. Um, and this is definitely one of those weird things. Like you wouldn't always like this paved the way for something like the vampire diaries to exist because it, I mean, obviously with the vampire part of it, but the there, that show is like 85% flashbacks to like right. <laughs> you know, Nina Dobrev in period costume. And so it's just like, <laughs> This this definitely laid the groundwork for that because it was a modern show, but then it had these moments where we like you have to know the history of these characters because it informs so much about what's happening in the present storyline. One hundred percent, and yeah. I and I think that it's it's another thing which I think we'll bring up a lot um, in the context of like whether or not they redo this show mm. for modern day since they're doing sure. it with everything. Yeah. Um, if they did, this is another example of like something that would be so much greater with the budgets and ingenuity yeah. of television these days. Because people, we've been seeing like True Blood and everything yep. have gone back in time, and it looks, especially if you get on like Netflix or HBO or something like yeah. that, it could they could do some really crazy shit. It's uh, funny. And, uh, I mean, it's like yeah. it's great in the '90s, but then when you look at it now, you're sure. like, that is a set. <laughs> well, sure, it's great in the '90s, and and in addition to it being a set, it's like. Julie Benz is wearing a dress that's like from one of those old timey photo places <laughs> yeah. that you go to at like yeah. Bush Gardens. <laughs> and you're just like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess we'll go with this. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, so this is Darla's first appearance since she was killed by Angel. Yep. Um, this is also apparently I didn't I just looked this up on the uh, wiki, but she this is the first on screen siring. Also, yes, yeah, I think so. Which I never, I never really thought about, but that's pretty, um, yeah, pretty epic. We do, um, we see. I don't actually. Do we ever? We don't ever see Drusilla's, do we? Drusilla's siring. We don't see it in this one. Is it an angel? At some, I point? believe in the crossover of Full for Love. I believe on his side, we don't necessarily see mm. her become, but we see like the build up to it. Okay, because there's a little bit of that in this where with Angel tormenting her in the confessional right. booth. But I mean, like we see we see Angel, we see Darla get sired on Angel and then we see Spike right. get sired. And so that's interesting. 
that yeah. we do see. If we see Drusilla, that's all of them, which is I'm pretty super interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we do see. I'm not. I can't remember if we see him actually do it, but I think the scene is built around like he's torturing her, and okay. you understand that he's about to sire her. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Fair enough. But uh, yeah. So that's that's great. And then also, um, two of my favorite things from the one is funny and one is super cool. Mm-hmm. So from this opening scene, we're spending so much time on this opening scene, but <laughs> uh, Angel's line when he says, um, "My lady." You'll find that with the exception of an honest day's work, there's no challenge I'm not prepared to face. Always makes me laugh because yeah. he is such a just a degenerate. He's, He's like, totally I'm, horrible. I'm a- <laughs> and this goes to, back to my theory about the person that you are as a human says something about the person that you are as a vampire because he right. is lousy. He's just terrible. He is a drunk and a gambler and a womanizer and a degenerate, like you said. And so no fucking wonder he turns into what he turns into, you know? And then if you, we are not there yet, but you contrast that with Spike, it's, it it makes for fascinating comparison. Yeah. Spike, it's, it's fun to watch those next to each other too, because Angel does go from like barely having us. I mean, he wasn't evil, but he was just like not, doing much with his humanity and then you see like you said going yeah. going down that path and then when we see William and then what he does once he's a vampire it's so like, much it's like chaotic but it's somehow yeah. more controlled but, where but it's, like it's yeah. specifically with William's mother yeah oh com- my like god that, yeah like what William does with his family compared to what Angel does with his family is yeah. just, like putting them up to it is a perfect example of yeah. how different they are and how much it does affect 100%. you 100% and because I would argue the same thing about Drusilla and Darla because neither of them is as batshit balls to the wall as Angelus is like right. Darla wants to have you know, pretty things and a room with a view. Like, that's what she wants. She wants to have pretty things and money and and food. And Drusilla is, like, not malicious by nature. You know what I mean? Like, she is a vampire, and so she wants to eat people, and that is acceptable. But she's not... She's not doing the things that Angel is doing. And it's... I fully believe that it's because she was good. Yeah. When she was 100%. human. Yeah. It's just like, it blows my mind. And like, we'll obviously have to get there a little bit more once we get to season five, because there's like tons of information that we don't have yet. But that is something that like, I think about a lot when I'm thinking about the show. Cause I'm like, there just is no comparison. <laughs> like there's such a difference between causing chaos because it's fun and you want to fight and you know, you, you know, that's like what you do as opposed to causing emotional chaos to everyone around you because yeah. you think it's fun even though they are not having fun. Right. Like, Spike's chaos is fun for everybody. Right. <laughs> but Angel's chaos is only fun for him, and it's, like, really emotionally damaging for everyone else. It's like a miserable person making everyone miserable exactly. around them. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's really fascinating. And you, and you see... 
to the extent how much Angelus is batshit in this episode in particular when he's yeah. like, I want to, I want the whole world swallowed up. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's, uh, that's not good. Um, and the other thing. Yeah. That's a that's taking it a little far. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll find out in the next episode. Um, the other thing in this episode that really stands out to me is Darla telling him to close his eyes mm-hmm. paired with what, with, uh, Buffy saying at the, at the end of yeah. part two is just one of the, I didn't notice it the first time I saw it. I didn't notice it most of my rewatches. And then in the past few years, I've noticed it and was just like, that is such a beautiful bookend to this movie of a series season yeah, finale. I agree. Um, it's like take basically ending Angel and then ending Angel again. Like, mm-hmm. it, ugh, it's so beautiful. Such beautiful storytelling. Yeah. Um, and then like you said, there's the 1860 Drusilla reveal, which is fantastic because you just get a taste of it and we're gonna get a lot of it later yeah but you get like that little hint of like oh she just wandered into his world and he immediately was fascinated oh yeah well it's like it's the type of thing where you you can feel in this episode how he is an opportunist by nature where it's like uh, that that line at the beginning that you like so much that with the exception of an honest day's work i'll do anything and it's like yeah you'll do anything in order to make your your own life easier and so that moment where he's eating the priest. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been two days since my last confession. Father? That's not very long. Oh, Father, I'm so afraid. And she comes in to do confession, and he just is like, yeah, well, all right. And she says she has visions, and he's like, how can I use this for yeah. me? And the, the thing here, too, is... If he hadn't made her crazy first, they would have had probably way more lucid visions oh, yeah. going forward. You know what I mean? But he made her totally insane. And so now her visions are all loopy and they have to interpret them all the time. It's just like no forethought. You know, there's no forethought to Angel's evilness. No, or, not or there is, but it's like not enough forethought. It's forethought only to a point, And then it's like, but you didn't think beyond that point as to like how this would play out long term. I mean, not to give Angel too much credence for what he's doing as Angelus, but I feel like there's an element of he doesn't want to exist. Like I know he's chaotic evil and he loves all of this horrible shit and wants to suck the world in, but I feel like there's some subconscious part of him that like wants it to end. Mm. Like he he Obviously, Angelus is evil, and he in no way wants to, like, kill himself or thinks that he's horrible. But I think subconsciously, something inside of him is just like, I don't want to exist. And just does everything he possibly can to make himself not exist, like sucking the world into hell. Sure, Um, although, you know what I noticed in this... um in this rewatch of this only this time is that there is a line in here that says with one breath the cathedral will create a vortex a kind of um whirlpool that will pull everything on earth into that dimension where any non-demon life will suffer horrible and eternal torment so it's like the demons will be fine Interesting. Which, in my opinion, lends even more credence to the spike thing that happens in the second episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just saying. even though he'll be fine. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's very important. It's puppy for life. It's, it's important. <laughs> um, 
So we get to Buffy and Willow in Miss Calendar's classroom, and they're studying. It's a really great scene where Willow is basically being like a teacher type. Mm-hmm. It's I love it. I love her basically coming into this role because it's very Will. The thing that I hate about this scene is the disc thing, which we talked about before vaguely because I didn't want to spoil it. Because you don't like that it's just deja vu that she like drops right. the pencil. I, I would prefer if she just dropped the pencil, went to pick it up and was like, oh, there's a disc down here. Like that's mm-hmm. so much more natural than... I had this perfect memory of the pencil and... Oh, hey. You got this. Like, it's such a weird thing to write in there. It, so it, it would have made sense if she had a dream about a disc or her hand in a desk. And then she's like, wait a minute. This is reminding me of something. But like, it's just a random thing. And it sure. irritates me every time for some reason. So I actually have always felt the opposite about it. Because for me, it just sort of implies that she there's a magical quality to Buffy all the time. Like, that's what it always read as to me, is that she was like, you know, because she has these prophetic dreams, but she doesn't start having like prophetic thoughts for a while. And I think this is gotcha. like the first one where she's like, wait a minute, something is wrong with what just happened. I don't know. I always kind of I always kind of liked it. I understand your point, but I always kind of liked it. So you're you're saying it's more like she's misattributing uh, it to deja vu and it's yeah. actually her power. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Definitely. I'm down with that. Um, that's how it always I, read to me that it was just like it was spilling over because there's no time right now there's like and this is obviously a writing constraint but there's no time for her to like go home and sleep and have right. this dream and then come back the next day and be like there's something in between your desk I had a dream about it you know like that would be way less natural in my opinion right <laughs> that's true yeah I, I yeah I think I always just wanted her to like drop the pencil and be like oh look it's a hey look or, at this or even to me, I think what would work better for the what you're saying is happening is if she like this is a lot of conversation about a disc that doesn't really <laughs> matter in the end game of it all. But I would love if she like dropped the pencil, got the pencil, and then was just like, wait a minute, and felt an urge okay. to check again, sure. like instead of like, oh wait, let me drop the pencil, like recreating just, the thing. Yeah, yeah, it seems like weird blocking to like get back to it. I don't know. I get what I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, but I, I, I don't I, totally I'm agree. With, <laughs> I'm down with yours too. I think that works. I'll, I'll try and rewire my brain next time I watch. I'm like, Oh, here's a power. <laughs> <laughs> the, the issue with it being a power is that it doesn't happen like enough. Yeah. Like she doesn't as much do as enough. her dreams. Yeah. yeah. It's like two or three more times in the whole series. And like one of them is in like the season seven finale where yeah. she like envisions something and then I'm just like, oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> we didn't really establish yeah, that. We didn't but... <laughs> do this, but that's fine. Um, and then they all have a big argument. Well, so yeah, discussion. we didn't, uh, the spell, it, the spell to restore Angel's soul is on the, yeah, is, is on, on the, the disc. disc. As, as we've all known is, and they keep teasing it or yeah. they keep teasing it in that they're in Jenny's room and we all yeah. know that the disc is there. Yeah. Um, so they, they see the disc they see what's on it, and then they have a conversation in the library about whether or not they should do it. And Xander is a fucking asshole. Well, here's an interesting angle. Who cares? I care. Is that right? Let's not lose our perspective here, Xander. I'm perspective guy. Angel's a killer. Xander, it's not that simple. What? All is forgiven? 
I can't believe you people. Xander has a point. You know, just for once, I wish you would support me. And I realize right now that you were, and I'm embarrassed. So I'm going to get back to the point, which is an angel needs to die. Curing Angel seems to have been Jenny's last wish. Yeah, well, Jenny's dead. Don't you ever... Can't you hear what I'm saying? Stop it! Stop it! Just the biggest prick imaginable. Just the biggest... And, and it <laughs> continues into the end of this, and it continues into season seven. This argument is yeah. mirrored in season seven, and it's you just mirrored, want to punch Xander in the face. Yeah, it's mirrored literally every time Buffy has a love interest, because... So uh, my friend Rachel is watching, uh, you know, Rachel, she's watching season five right now. And she just got past the episode um, where Xander gives Buffy that self-righteous masturbatory speech about Riley. Oh, God. God. And she was texting me at work today and she was like, I'm so fucking mad. I can't stand it. And I was just like, it's all the time. It's always with Xander. And the thing about it is when we were young and growing up. It was the type of behavior that was like, well, he's funny Xander, though, so he obviously doesn't mean anything by it. And it's like, no, he means these things he's saying, and it is horrible. Right. It is literally, he tells Buffy that she doesn't care about anyone who died, including Mrs. Callender, because she just wants her boyfriend back. And right. it's like, whoa, step yeah. back. That is such an accusation to throw down. And so far, I mean... I don't want to be picking on Xander this much because in the grand scheme of things, I do like him and he is funny and I like Nicholas Brendan. At the same time, I am just kind of like, there have been like five friendship ending sentences that have come out of Xander's mouth by this point in the series. And there will be a sixth in the next episode. Mm, (laughs) And the only reason it's not a friendship ending sentence is because no one fucking finds out about it until season seven somehow. Right. And so (laughs) it just is, I don't understand why they keep him around because there is that episode in season three where Cordelia is like, what's even the point of you? You don't do anything. And within that episode, we find out that in fact he does do things. But that being said, it, it just kind of is like that, where he's not witchy, he's doesn't have powers, he doesn't have the smarts like Giles, and so it's like, it kind of is like, what are you even doing here if all you're going to do is spout off bullshit about stuff you don't understand? Because he's like, who cares if we give him back his soul? And Buffy's like, I do. Because this has been a very traumatic experience for her in a way that Xander can never understand. Ever. And so that is the... That's the part of Xander where I'm like, you just don't know what you're talking about. And you're doing this from a place of anger and you're not looking at the nuance of the situation, which is that if they can leash Angel again, then they don't then Buffy doesn't have to kill him, which will be a further trauma. Right. And that's something else he cannot understand. And so for him to just constantly be spouting this bullshit about stuff, he absolutely has no real world knowledge of having to kill your lover i can't you know you can't imagine something like that until you're like in the scenario and obviously buffy is like well if i don't have to kill him i don't want to and this is the first notion that we've had of that being maybe a possibility and he just should have kept his mouth shut yes (laughs) (laughs) i i agree with all of that yeah i really Um... tripped into that ending though (laughs) (laughs) He just kind of hit a wall and we're like, and that's my consensus. He should have just been quiet. Yeah. <laughs> just be quiet. Um, it's, 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 
unnerving the way he just leans because he speaks to everyone as if he just has all the answers oh yeah oh and yeah it's, and like it's a white from, man <laughs> yeah and it's from such a selfish place of like i've always wanted him dead because i want but like he doesn't realize or he at least is making it appear as though he doesn't realize that mm -hmm. he just wants angel dead because buffy chose angel yeah like that's what he's always wanted that just for that not because he's a vampire yeah he wanted angel dead for that reason before he was angelus before he killed yeah. jenny he just wanted angel to die it doesn't even matter that he's angelus or angel he wants him to die no matter what and i'm not right. saying i totally disagree with him on that front i'm just <laughs> saying he is going about it incorrectly in this instance yeah. And he calls out Giles saying like, well, Jenny's dead. I'm like, whoa, dude. Yeah. You. <laughs> well, Giles rightfully steps to him after that. Like, yeah. I like if, if Giles you know, was around to knock him out. Oh, yeah. If Willow and Buffy hadn't stepped in between, Giles yeah. was going to hit him in the face. Well, and there's the great point that's brought up later with Kendra, which we'll get into Kendra coming back in a second. But um, Kendra says, I side with Xander on this. Mm -hmm. He should be put down. And Buffy has, aside from the trauma of having to kill someone you love, Buffy has a great point, like... I'll fight him. I'll kill him if I have to. But if I don't get there in time, or if I lose, then Willow might be our only hope. Uh, sold Angel's a much better battlefield than, like, having to fight him. Like, what if he kills me? Like, yeah, what if of course. This, this is the only hope we have? Why is yeah. everybody overlooking the fact that there's a solution? Yeah. Because that's the other thing, too, is she, she literally is like... She's like, I'll kill him if I have to, but let's use this as a backup plan. Like, right. like, please prepare this spell and see what you can do. Because if you can do it, then I don't have to risk my life. And, right. we, like, and, and she's like, she's literally like, what if I'm too late? Like, what if right. I get there too late and he's already open to Kathla? That's going to be a problem too. So she's again thinking she's got this like galaxy brain general like idea going on and everybody's like well he sucks so kill him <laughs> it's just right. like so don't prepare for any right. other possible eventualities is what you're saying just go kill him that's it <laughs> if someone's like i have a spell book and it can just wipe out vampires and they're like no no no, no. you should be killing them yeah. it's like but that sounds like an easier solution. That seems so much easier. It's like when, like, later on, Willow is trying to develop, like, a contained fireball right. that they can have in the, or, like, a little tiny sun that they can have in the cemetery. And it's just, like, that's a cool idea. Yeah. We never see that. You didn't keep working on that. Let's do these things that make her job easier. Keep yeah. her alive longer. Um. So, yeah, they they that argument ends when Buffy steps in. Um. And then I I can't wait until we can freely evaluate this argument with the Xander Buffy argument in season seven and just like yeah. mm -hmm. really dive into yep. mm -hmm. the hypocrisy. Uh, and so so then, much hypocrisy. So much hypocrisy. Especially then, because by that point, Xander has exclusively dated demons for six years and he has right. not a single leg to stand on. <laughs> He's such a hypocrite. He's such a hypocrite. Oh my god. Don't you want a normal life? And it's like, who do you think you're talking to? Yeah. <laughs> who are you to say? <laughs> Asshole. Hashtag Xander Slander. Um, <laughs> Get heated. And then uh, Kendra comes to town. Yep. The lovely Bianca Lawson again. That's about it. Bianca Lawson, the, the accent. Now, we're gonna. I just want to revisit this accent for a second because... 
we had talked about it when she came for what's my line and yeah. we were like it what it wasn't good and there was a lot of quote it's, unquote controversy about like whether or not yeah. the person was actually teaching her dialect or whatever um, it's like a little it's a little of a cartoonish jamaican yeah. slash islander accent yeah yeah it's it's basically like what white people do when they impersonate yeah a jamaican accent sure um and then i watched recently watched luke cage season two and that one also got some pushback on some of the because they had a lot of american action actors doing jamaican roles oh okay and so they had they had some pushback but like the accents were a lot closer to what jamaican accents were okay. and there was there was some you know obviously some pushback where people were like well we don't say this word this way but it was it's very hard to understand is my mm -hmm. point um and it was fascinating to hear. I was like, oh, shit, like this is what it's supposed to sound like. This this uh, the the way that they form. I wish I had a clip to play. Cause, mm. yeah, have you seen Luke, Luke Cage season two? I didn't watch season two, actually. Um, there's the the villain and his whole family are uh, from Jamaica. Oh, OK. And uh, they just have this really thick um, accent. And they it's it, it's a whole other language. It's not just yeah. like twang on Jamaican words it's English, like yeah 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 it's like it's just kind of really it's sort of difficult lyrical. to understand it's yeah. kind of lyrical right because that's the thing that like alexander skarsgård says in interviews he like speaks english english when he's in interviews and like i think stephen colbert or somebody was like well how do you speak english in sweden because they mostly they they speak a lot of English in Sweden too. And he started saying it and it's very, it's a lot more musical and like melodic when you're actually yeah. doing it. And it's just, it's really a lot more interesting than it like seems like it's going to be. Yeah. And I think Jamaican is a similar dialect that like it flows a lot more nicely when it's for real. Right. And then, and then you have Kendra. <laughs> it's fine i mean it's i'm not fine. i'm not mad at it it's a product of its time oh, i am sure. i am not jamaican so it doesn't directly hurt my feelings like you know maybe <laughs> it does to actual jamaican people but yeah i mean it's not amazing it's not terrible it's terrible when buffy does it your watcher informed you that a very dark power is about to rise in sunnydale <laughs> that's a little offensive dark power <laughs> yeah um she I I think the only reason I brought it up was I had I was just like, you know, as a young kid in the uh, in the suburbs of Baltimore, just watching it like I was like, I don't that's that's what Jamaican accents <laughs> sound like and everything else I've watched and all the cartoons. I <laughs> like it. I was just confused why anybody would say anything. And then I watched the Luke Cage season two and went, oh, I mean, if this, this isn't even close, supposed this to be? is so far away from Kendra and this is still getting pushed back. <laughs> My God, they must have been annoyed. Um, but in any event, Kendra's back. We're excited. Yep. yep. <clears throat> She's pretty great. Uh, she is great. I always love, especially, I, I'm sad that we have such a short stint with her. Um, especially yeah. with her stint in Becoming Part One, because I love their rapport once. Their rapport is so much better than Buffy and Faith. I love Buffy and Faith. Yeah, well, especially in the early, well, the early going of Buffy and Faith, I don't have a ton of problems with. The, like, early, yeah. early episodes of Buffy and Faith are are nice. And then, you know, things occur, and it gets very combative, and um, passive-aggressive, and aggressive-aggressive, and very girl-fighty in certain yeah. ways. And But then it's like, we don't until 
well down the line do we get anything resembling a sisterhood between Buffy and Faith. Oh, yeah. Which is disappointing because I think that, that, that was a missed opportunity. And I think yeah. it was especially a missed opportunity to get some really good work out of Eliza Dishku, who can go very broad, very fast. Yeah. She's, you're talking about the season seven stuff. I love the season seven stuff. That's what I mean when you yeah. say that's Way it takes down. long to yeah. get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me too. I, I like the beginning of their, not to get too deep in the weeds but i love how they start yeah it's sad how it ends and then i love where they end up especially in yeah. the comics is oh, yeah. amazing yeah not to spoil that faith makes it through to the comics <laughs> but <laughs> look but it... <laughs> some people are in the comics that yeah. don't survive the series so that's true that's very true just saying things some happen people are in the comics that yeah. don't survive the comics <laughs> this is a world in with in which death is not the final frontier so we're just very saying. true yeah. very true um but so all that to say i love this this chemistry between kendra and buffy and wish it had time to flourish and me too i think three it, episodes was not enough episodes i not i not at all I think she could have stuck around a little longer. We could have tried to do another, like, exchange student thing. I think, you know, getting Kendra kind of, like, out into the world a little would have been interesting. There's just, like, a lot of things that I think could have blossomed a little bit more with their relationship. However, Kendra's death scene is amazing. It is amazing. So, it is amazing. Hold on. Before we get to that... (laughs) It, we are all so over the place. Amazing. This is such a jam-packed episode. <laughs> I know. There's so much. So I think it would have been phenomenal if Kendra stayed and she was in all of these episodes and we fell in love with Kendra. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, this ending is still... Sad. Deeply sad. And it fucked me up as a kid. It fucks me up every time I watch it. It's so sad. And it would have been times 10 if yeah. we've been spending every episode with her and like fish out of water and all that stuff like sure yeah it would have just been a really really great story um but yes her ending hold on but before we get to that <laughs> <laughs> um we have uh a great callback in this episode <clears throat> the paperweight We're... yes yes <laughs> that's so good an orb of Thessala? Whatever that is. Spirit vault for rituals of the undead. I've got one. I've been using it as a paperweight. One Thessalon orb. Spirit vault for the rituals of the undead. I don't get many calls for those lately. Sold a couple as new age paperweights last year. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so I great. love it. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so perfect. Um... And uh, it's the, it, those are the little things, too, that I didn't pick any of that up when I first watched the series live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on multiple rewatches, I'm like, wait, that, hold on. And then especially yep. having DVDs and now just having digital files, I can be like, wait, he said in passion. And then I can like just go listen to just it. Just go like, right ah! back and figure it out. It's amazing. <laughs> it's I love so it. so connected. And, and then we go to Angel as a bum in the streets. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Which is... So they cut to this. So their angel's walking up to the sword um, with a dead person's blood on his hands. Yeah. And as he walks up, we flash back and we kind of see his journey to finding Buffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a bum in the streets. For those of you who have seen Buffy and Angel and know that he had 
quite a life before becoming a bum in the streets. Yep. We don't ever get a connection to that. We don't ever get like yeah. what happened to bring him to the streets like that. Yeah, I like, would assume like what I happened was... what happened after World War Two and then the nineteen fifties, where right. he was well off enough to be living in a hotel. <laughs> what happened? So... I, this was my thought in watching it right now. Okay. Um, and this is only after just like working on and watching true crime docs. Uh, the the invention or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But like the the, the DNA oh. DNA and video surveillance and like all these things that kind of make it harder to do things on the outskirts. Okay, um, like off the grid, kind of. Yeah, so he he basically was able to do whatever he wanted, just like serial killers were able to do whatever they wanted for a long okay. time. Um, it, he was doing the same thing, and then once it got harder, he was like, you know, he couldn't get a lease, he couldn't get anything, he couldn't trick anybody because there was now computers and there was surveillance and there was things to track him, and so he like eventually just had to live in the streets because there was no way for him to like fake the funk anymore. That's what that's my theory after watching it this time. Okay. <laughs> I would I would allow that if we didn't know for a fact that there is a thriving demon underground in true. both Sunnydale and Los Angeles. We know this to be true for a fact. So it's like you're telling me that zero demons when zero whistlers were willing to rent him an apartment. Right. You know what I mean? Like nobody yeah. out there. What's the kind of demon that oh god, I was just about to do a really huge spoiler about the ser- angel of the series. <laughs> but there's a type of demon that like Whistler is, but it's just like there's tons of demons that look human. Nobody right. was trying to like. There's no up and coming demons trying to start a business or whatever. I I'll allow it, but eh. but remember to quote you, Angel's a little bitch. <laughs> he he's also just a dumbass. Like, I believe that he wouldn't, like, okay, that's the thing, that's, here's the thing about Angel specifically, is that I don't believe he understands how to operate in the underbelly of society unless he's Angelus. I think he right. thinks if he can't get a, an apartment with first and last month's rent and security deposit, that it's not real. <laughs> it, which is, like, so stupid. Yeah, that's fair. It's just such a dumb way to believe you have to live. Especially when he, like, although he... <sighs> Yeah, I don't know, because it's not, it's tough because you want to say like, oh, well, he has the confidence, like Whistler helps him get the confidence to do things like get the mansion and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then again, he gets the mansion as Angelus. Um, yeah, and then he, he wanna, just continues squatting there. Right, and you want to think like he got his confidence from Whistler, but we saw him in the 50s in yeah. Angel, mm-hmm. fully confident. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, sl- well, slunking in the shadows. He's a little like, depressed, but he's He's, de- he's, he's definitely depressed, but he's like managing and he's yeah. getting by. Um, so yeah, it's weird. So anyway, Whistler tells him like, I'm, I'm here to tell you that, you know, you're supposed to be one of the good guys. Let's go stalk this teenager. Well, I, I also think it's important that he says you could be one of the good guys. He's like, you could go either way, and I'm here to, like, make sure you go the right way. Right. So it's like, even then, they know. You know what I mean? Like, even yeah. at this point, the powers that be are like, well, go check on that one, because he could be a huge problem. Which is the theme of Angel. Like, Yeah. And it, it comes up in Amends, which kind of sets up for 
the finale of season three and then all of Angel. It, yep. The whole crux of Angel is like, will he be on the side of good or evil yeah. at the end of the line? Um, which I really love. And they, you're right, they set it up so early now where you're like, yep. oh shit, like he's a he's got a big role to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he follows, he goes and he checks out Buffy at school and they do the whole- Yuck. <laughs> they do the whole scene that, I, I honestly, I haven't watched the Buffy movie in like 20 some odd years, but uh, I remember it being someone like this, something like this, mm. uh, when Donald Sutherland came to, I think he tells her in the locker room or something. Probably, um, yeah. Her name is Merrick, and you have been chosen, Buffy. <sighs> chosen to go to the graveyard. Why don't you just take the first runner up, okay? And he like throws a knife at her face. It's a lot more aggressive. That's the one thing that I do wish happened in this, and I know it never in a million years would have happened because Donald Sutherland would have thought this show was beneath him. Well, he but thought the if... movie was beneath him too. Right, yeah. yeah. So like, there was no way they were going to get him back, but I would yeah. have loved to have seen Donald Sutherland as just like a cameo. Yeah, as Merrick, because I think this guy is supposed to be Merrick. Buffy Summers? Yeah. Hi. What? I need to speak with you. You're not from Bullocks, are you? Because I meant to pay for that lipstick. There isn't much time. You must come with me. Your destiny awaits. I think so, yeah. And I I mean, he's not. Because <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, he's not. And it's it's another one of those things, like in the we talked about in the first episode of season one of calling back to the movie, like burning down the gym and everything. Mm-hmm. It's 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 giving it, not necessarily making everything in the movie canon because there's so much ridiculous shit in that movie. Yeah. Um, but it's acknowledging that it exists in some degree. Do you know who um, might have come, popped by for a cameo? Is Luke, Luke Perry. Perry. <laughs> <laughs> and that would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Um, but yeah, so he's, she's... Oh, so actually, one one of the great things about this scene when is showing her basically being Cordelia yeah, in her old school. Yeah, I love it. So, I'm like, Dad, you want me to go to the dance in an outfit I've already worn? Why do you hate me? Is Tyler taking you? Where were you when I got over Tyler? He's of the past. Tyler would have to crawl on his hands and knees to get me to go to the dance with him, which actually he's supposed to do after practice, so I'm going to wait. Okay, see you later. Bye. Call me. Okay. Call me. Call me. I will. Honestly, she was more it. like Harmony. True. Yeah. That's true. Um, she's sucking on a lollipop. Oh, you know what? He Richard Real is credited as Merrick in the on the IMDb. So he is supposed to be he is supposed to be Donald Sutherland's character. Yeah. Um and so yeah, there's we see Angel follow her home. There it is a really as creepy as it is that Angel's like stalking her. Mm-hmm. It is a sweet connective scene of Angel seeing her, seeing the true Buffy, looking herself in the mirror, distraught as her parents are arguing about her in the back. Like it's, it is ostensibly creepy because he's just peeking at her through the window, but I do love the connection with like who she truly is. I I love the story element of what's Mm -hmm. going on, but on the screen you're like, this is weird. (laughs) So yeah, I, it would be sweet if he hadn't been stalking her all day and then if right. he weren't watching her without her knowledge and consent right. in a private moment in which she thinks she's totally alone. Right, that's what I mean. It's horrible. <laughs> so it's it's a bad thing. Yeah, no, obviously. But, so what I always take from it 
is that it's a nice moment for us to see the real Buffy. For right. us to see that she knows that her parents are having problems. She knows that she is partly the cause of it because she is staying out late. And, you know, now she has this whole thing that she has to lie about to them. And she's, like, still trying to make her peace with that and, like, do whatever. And so I definitely think that's interesting. Like, our yeah. our seeing that is interesting. The fact that <laughs> Angel is there is irrelevant and gross. <laughs> yeah. And also, it it's technically another callback because speaking speaking from experience, you see Buffy, you see the where the that rooted fear from nightmares oh, yeah. comes from, where yep. she thinks she's the reason um, that her parents got divorced. Yeah. Especially hearing the dad go like he's just screaming because he's yeah. so mad at what Buffy did, and you're like, fuck, man, like this girl's got a lot going on. Did she say where she was? She was with Ty. I don't want her seeing him anymore, period. You're overreacting, dear. Don't do that. Don't talk to me like I'm a kid. I don't. Just forget it. Just because you can't discipline her, I have to be the owner. I am not having this conversation again, all right? Yeah. Well, um, it's like I, like, I would never say she's the reason they got divorced, but it's like... Oh, no. It's the fact that, like, B- Hank and Joyce probably never discussed how they might raise a problem child. And so they're... Right. They are fundamentally disagreeing on how to parent their child right and that is yeah. often something you can't come back from a hundred percent yeah yeah and hank is an asshole hank is an asshole <laughs> hank becomes more of and more of more and more of an asshole in the series and the comics yeah um or is revealed to be more yeah. and more of an asshole because we don't ever um, see his face again <laughs> yeah we never see his face uh and so yeah so angel says i want to be good i want to help her I don't want to dress like you. It's a funny little line. And we're out of that. And and he basically fails pulling the sword out. Gets really pissed off. Damn it! And Spike does a little sing song. Someone wasn't worthy. Which I always (laughs) loved. It's so funny. I I love when Spike can get under Angelus's skin. Well, because it's also (laughs) constant. Because that's... Okay, so we didn't actually set up a Cathla, which is like... Oh, yeah, right. The museum in Sunnydale has found this, like, monolith, essentially... And Giles is looking at it at the beginning, trying like, and he's like, "Could you actually wait to open it? I want to see, kind of translate, see what's inside, or whatever." Blah blah blah. But before he can do that, they like, uh, Spike is reading the newspaper in the mansion, and <laughs> Drusilla comes waltzing down the stairs, talking about how she she met an old man and he got stuck in her teeth, which is hilarious. Yeah. And then she's like, I had a vision and angel comes in and is like, what did you see? And she's like, Oh, there's like this thing and it's going to swallow the world and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you saw that in your head. And Spike just goes, no, you like, I think he calls him a ninny. No, you ninny. She read it in the morning paper. Yeah. <laughs> and just angel's face whenever spike gets one over on him like that and it's just because you also can see that drusilla is sort of playing into angel's like idea of who she is you know and it's like because i'm just at that point then i'm just imagining drusilla reading the paper so that she can impress (laughs) angel later with like news (laughs) you know what i mean it's just absurd and i love that idea so much that's great that's fun i i never i never read that scene as that but that makes it a lot funnier i always read it as like spike because spike and angel are so they both believe rightfully so they believe that she has visions because she does well she absolutely Um, does yeah but uh i always read it as like whenever she's doing it for angel spike 
discredits her because he's annoyed. Yeah, oh, so, sure. Like yeah. she sees it, but then he's just like, "No, it's in the newspaper." Yeah. But if it was just Spike and Drusilla, he'd be fawning over her just like Angelus is, and he'd be oh, like, yeah. "What I mean, do he you always see? does. Yeah, yeah he yeah. always does." But I just do. First of all, I like the image in my head of Drusilla <laughs> sitting down to read the paper. That That's is funny my favorite. to me. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that you gifted me with yeah. that. And then sec- just to be like, what can I what can I tell to daddy today? And then the other thing <laughs> oh that I God. like is that's what she calls him. I didn't make that up. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then the other thing I love is like what you said, like Spike constantly like undermining her powers in front of Angel, just hoping that Angel will finally get sick of it and leave. Because yeah. he's that's what he's trying to do is just like just go and leave us out of this shit. He that's like he's like I came here to kill the slayer and I got paralyzed like for trying and like right. just go and leave me alone and like it just never works. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz Angelus loves torturing Spike. Yeah. He loves torturing anything. Um so yeah, they find out about it. They get Akathla. Um they While destroying up. priceless history in the process. Yeah. They just like crowbar it open and let it fall on the ground. It's like no yeah, preservation they're... of the history. <laughs> How dare they? It hurts my feelings. It's like they're soulless beings. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Look, Angel has a lot of nerve after he just lived his life surrounded by antiquities in that stupid basement apartment. <laughs> Angel's Angel's living arrangements always make me laugh. It's um, ridiculous. It's always the, too good for him too. What one of the uh one of the things I love about this episode and then just from the whole series, and it's weirdly just this small moment, but when the vampire comes in and bursts herself into flames to oh, deliver yeah. a message to Buffy, it's the so... immolationogram. Tonight, sundown at the graveyard. Excuse me. You will come to him. You will come to him or more will die. Tonight! His hour is at hand! Yeah, it's so epic. Like, I don't know, it just... Because you expect it to be a dream, and then you're like, oh, shit, someone legit just did this in the middle of school? That's, yeah. And the is teacher is, like, trying to shit. corral her. It's like, yeah, um, excuse all, me, miss... Doing? It's like, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> She's going to be gone. It's fine. Um, oh, yeah. And so then after that, literally after that, we cut to the library. And my every time my shoulders tense, but also yeah. drop when you yeah. see Buffy in the coat. Oh, that blue coat. Uh, <gasps> I'm just like, oh, we're about to start it all now. I'm not ready. I'm not yeah. ready. <laughs> so that turquoise coat is like God tier like Buffy Icon. fashion it's it's like yeah. knee length it's sort of shimmery it's like the best color turquoise you've ever seen it's so amazing and so dumb and and the fact that it's it's like june yeah it's, it's supposed May to be like june, june in, in california, california. <laughs> like, she would be sweating balls in that thing well she also but, uh, when she got called she's wearing like a puffy jacket yeah. That night when she go when she goes hunting with Merrick, she's wearing like a puffy jacket and it's just like so weird. I mean, I know that that California it can is get deserty, cold out here. But it can get cold at like if it's the winter time and it's yeah. nighttime, you know, if it's like sixty degrees, I'll put a jacket on. Sure. <laughs> sixty degrees this is winter. 
Um, but yeah, so she she puts on the coat and she does in this finale what she did in the premiere, which is fall for the trap and leave her friends in the library to be attacked. Yeah, I. There's a couple things about that. One is that Angel is obviously playing a trick on her. Like, it's it's obvious, obvious, obvious. And the second thing that always annoys me is how often they are doing, like, world-saving magic in a public place where vampires yeah. can get in. Like, you couldn't... Right. It's after school hours. You couldn't drive to Giles' house. Just drive right. to Giles' house. Like, it makes sense when it has to happen on the Hellmouth, but, like, sure. this could this have been not. in a house that vampires can't get into. Exactly. And so it's, like, they obviously get attacked. And, like, she is gone just long enough. Like, I believe Kendra is still warm when she finds her. Like, oh, she's yeah. running full out across town to get back to the school. And it's, just, it's like, just too late because Angel distracted her. And it's just, like, ugh, come on. it's it's rough it's i remember when she you're watching the run yeah and you're, you're like oh used, she's gonna get there in time yeah you're used to that or from tv you're like yeah. she's gonna she's gonna get there in the nick of time it's gonna be that whole trope and she slits her throat and you're like wait what yeah and then she and then you're like okay well maybe buffy will get there and stop the bleeding and then she doesn't she's just yeah. dead Yeah, it's that's, super that's... it's super tough. And then Buffy is like slow motion running and then we get a voiceover by Whistler. It gives me chills. It's such a great moment. So what are we, helpless? Puppets? No. The big moments are gonna come. You can't help that. It's what you do afterwards that counts. That's when you find out who you are. I love it. And then the cop gun pulls up on her. Freeze! You'll see what I mean. Which is another example of yeah. guns feeling heavy as fuck. Because yeah. we just saw, like, a massive fight. Like, people get the shit knocked out of them. Someone get murdered. And then a mm -hmm. gun pops on the screen. I'm like, whoa! Whoa, we've escalated <laughs> the situation here. What are we doing? Everybody calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that we get this power from Drusilla. Oh, because yeah. it goes back to the thing I was saying earlier about her not being, like, a... She's not violent by nature. Like, she's not chaotic and violent by nature. And so for her to have a thrall when, like, the rest of them don't. Like, Angel, Drew, and Spike, and even the Master doesn't really have a, a workable thrall. Um, but that... Well, the, the Master fact did. Well, only kind of. <laughs> only it's that like, one time to Buffy. <laughs> so, and, and it's also kind of odd because I believe she was more... <laughs> just like terrified than she was under a thrall in that moment it's not like like bianca lawson's eyes go dead oh, when yeah, drusilla sure. gets her with the fingernails and buffy looked terrified when that happened with the master so for me i think it's interesting that like drusilla is the only one that we see have thrall or at least have thrall many times because she yeah. does it a decent amount and i yeah. always found that fascinating that it was her that had it because, like, Drusilla or um, Darla is, like, beautiful enough to just, like, get what she wants in scenarios. Right. And Angelus is just an asshole, and Spike will just take it. And so for Drusilla to be the one with this, like, sort of passive power, 
that keeps her from being in the midst of a fight is interesting. Especially yeah, because sure. Juliet Landau is fighting Kendra all crazy because her fingernails are so long. Yeah. <laughs> so she's very like, ah, 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 like, ah, with her fingers all spread out and like yeah. bent backwards. She goes into the hypnotizing because she's like, all right, I, I all right, can't do this, this anymore. I Spike just did my nails this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Let's stop. Yeah. Um, so she also, speaking of her fingernails, when she initially hypnotized her and had her fingers i had the biggest fear that she was gonna like gouge out her eyes because she's just like yeah poking it at her face (laughs) i never really thought that but that would be horrible that would be horrible um but luckily she just slits her throat (laughs) well it's Um, also just like the like babyish trickle of blood that we see like on the corner of the neck yeah which yeah so yeah that's that is becoming part one uh i love it so so much oh so yeah i meant to say this is the episode where i got confused and thought that drusilla was the gypsy girl that got that was the the reason because i must have like the first couple times i watched it i must not have seen the second title card date so like when when the guy is like taunting him and is like yeah, you're about to feel it all. I was like, oh, but it's like 40 oh, like years in- later. <laughs> you initially thought it was Drusilla. And yeah, then after yeah. a couple rewatches, you're like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, it's yeah. like 40 years later. And then it's like 18 years at, it's like since Spike has was made. So it's like they've been together as a family for almost 20 years, the four of them. Oh, oh wait, but you, so you haven't done your, you haven't revealed your, your theory. Oh, yes. Okay. So the fan theory that I subscribe to is that when they punish him, when they punish Angel with the soul, it is not his soul. They're not returning Liam's soul to him. They are. There have been two different ones that I have I have seen, and I mostly like the one where it's just like the soul of a good person. But more recently, I saw the one where they have put the gypsy girl's soul into him to punish him the most. And so that's the fan theory that I like to work on. Because for me, it's the only explanation for him being so remorseful. Because there is no indication that Liam would have been as remorseful as Angel is. There's no indication. And like that, that human would be that upset about killing people. Killed. I don't. I don't. No. 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 Especially like you, I believe that Liam could think about it and be like, well, I, I had to eat. You know, right. I had to have food. What else was I supposed to do? I believe he could play that off for himself in a way that like, if it were the gypsy girl's soul, I don't believe that that because he's just he's such a different person when he has a soul and when he doesn't that it doesn't make any sense to me, especially. And if you're watching this for the first time, you're going to be like, well, of course he is. The monster just comes in and takes over and you're nothing like the person you were before. But that's spouting some council bullshit. And you're going to learn because (laughs) we haven't had proof yet that you're exactly like you are 
just dependent on how you're turned because of Spike. Yes. But I can't talk and, about that as much as I want to. And some other characters. Yeah. And some, um, and some like tons of other characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I really dig that because uh, I agree that if Liam's soul was returned and yeah. he was just like, he's just Liam with these memories of the things that Angelus did, he might get messed up for a couple days like yeah. oh my god i can't believe i like tortured and raped and did all these things mm -hmm. um but he would eventually get over it because he doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself yeah he is angelus he yeah. is a selfish person and he just what you know hadn't crossed the line of killing anybody who's to say he would have or would not have but yeah i like i mean also i like this who's to say he never ran someone down with his carriage and just kept driving you know right yeah I think uh, you you're, know, you're it's right. Just, he definitely would. And the fact that, that that's what this episode feels like it's saying is that, you know, his human self was so terrible. That's what Angelus was. And so when he regained this soul, I don't believe it can be his own soul. It just doesn't. It doesn't add up for me. Mm -mm. Yeah. Not for this this long of a beating yourself up. Sure. Yes, because th um, that's the thing. Is like, sure, we've met, we've made allusions to things that he does during World War II and that he does in the 1950s, but it's like to then, like you said, end up like beating yourself up and eating rats in the sewer because you can't take the pain and you can't take the guilt and all of this blah 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 whatever. But it because at that point I'm like, okay, then fine, then go meet the sun. But he's too selfish for that. So it's right. like yeah. there is still angelus in there he's just simmering under the surface of this gypsy girl's soul who is keeping yeah. him miserable which i yeah. i like so much better i i think that's great that's a great theory i'm gonna live with that theory yeah. <laughs> the the only thing that kind of bums me out is it's like would the like would that tribe actually make their most beloved daughter like not let her soul rest right forever but you know eh, it's Eh, it depends on their beliefs of like what the soul is sure yeah like if it's just the thing that kind of like humanizes you and then sh her, yeah. whatever her spirit or whatever gets to rest then i don't know yeah like if it's just your um, conscience or something right yeah then that should be fine especially if it's just like out there for the picking then yeah. they're probably like well that's the thing that's not resting that's just floating ether okay sure fair enough i like i just i finally because i read the first theory way a long time ago about it being just, just a, a good soul. soul just a yeah. person's good soul and i was like oh i like that because that's it's correct there's no way that that's liam's soul but then when i read that it was the girl's soul i was like oh i was like that's even more poetic and like and then yeah. the question comes to like later i mean kind of a spoiler but <clears throat> he gets his soul returned to him at least twice yeah uh and it's like does that does that spell specify that soul in the Latin mm. or is it constantly like re grabbing a good soul and putting sure. it in him or, or is it like written in there like this very specific soul put it back in his body? So we obviously can get there a little bit later, especially once we get into Angel. I would argue that at some point he does get his own soul back because of how he acts after. Oh boy. Yeah. Because of things he does after, I'm kind of like, at some point in all of this tossing up and switcheroo, he has to have gotten his own soul back because he gets shady as fuck. Maybe that's yeah. 
Maybe, yeah, and maybe it is. Even when he is sold Angel, he gets so shady at a certain point. Which is before it's taken from him in season four of Angel. And this is fucking in the weeds and nobody will remember mm-hmm. this. But like, so it could be, you know, in the beginning of season three, like that's where it comes back to the Liam version of Angel. That's fascinating. Yeah. I'm going to have to sit on that for a while. See, that's the thing. It's like all of this, like all of this soul stuff that they like set up and they never let it blossom into something real. They don't ever have these conversations. And I think it's because at some point in the writer's room, they were like, well, we can't fuck around with Angel not being Buffy's like true love soulmate forever. And it's like, you absolutely can. And the <laughs> reason is that he's a fucking dirtbag and he's never been truly himself the whole time he's known her, except for when he was Angelus. That's the real person. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, uh, or like at best, it's like after he does get back the Liam soul, if that's the thing we're working with. And it's so it's like, they never were able to explore the differences between, you know, the multiple characters that this impacts. And I think that that is like definitely a missed opportunity because that would have been such an interesting conversation about like, is it, you know, nature versus nurture and like, what is the true depth of the soul and what does it really mean? And what does it really do for you as a person? And yeah, that would be fascinating. Yeah, I agree. We're going to talk about it more because things are coming up. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so many things. Um, but uh, that's so that's this episode. And we're excited to talk to you about part two. Yep. And the next one. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Trevor Carly. And I'm with my other podcast at So I'm Watching or my personal account at FiddleDD85. Uh, and as always, please rate, review and subscribe. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.